Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on an area such as marketing, sales, innovation or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players, where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entry or knowing how to navigate the uncertainties of disruptive developments. Mindfeeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I am working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation and marketing. Let's get started on today's episode. Today I'm with Jennifer Wild and we are going to talk about how to build innovation ecosystems or clusters that lead to a sustainable growth. But before we go deep into our topic, Jennifer, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Sure. Um, I grew up in the humanitarian emergency sector, actually, so mm -hmm. uh, running global emergencies for nonprofits like World Vision, Save the Children and others. Um, so working in kind of big, complex uh, emergencies and challenges like Haiti or Israel-Palestine, uh, from kind of the Syrian conflict to large-scale typhoons and earthquakes in Nepal and the Philippines and elsewhere. So um, really uh, got my teeth into how do we do things in difficult places? How do we innovate and create uh, ways forward when there are real structural and um, and uh, and physical barriers to that? Um, and then came out of that uh, implementing a range of kind of innovation programs. So built a global set of innovation labs that um, that looked at innovation from a country level and, and brought together mm -hmm. private sector, non-profits, uh, governments, uh, you know, a range of kind of companies and others, uh, and now support companies, non-profits, governments and others with innovation. Cool. So what's your perspective on how to help such organizations and other type of organizations to build innovation ecosystems or clusters? Mm. It's a good question. Um, I think first you need to work out what you're doing. So there's a range of kinds of ecosystems you could build and there's a range of purposes behind those. Um, so, for example, um, you could be creating an ecosystem within a country um, that could be focused on, for example, uh, you know, 
tech within the Netherlands or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so that could be, you know, specifically just within your country. So that, that's a certain type of ecosystem. You could be looking at when we talk about an innovation cluster, often mm-hmm. that is a large uh, innovation ecosystem within a country that is mainly around the kind of productivity, increasing the productivity for that country. So mm-hmm. if you think of kind of, um, Silicon Valley is an example. The Cambridge Innovation Network is an example. Security Tech in Israel is an example. So that's a, that's like a, a very large ecosystem which should host some kind of specific um, sector or market for the entire world. So that's slightly different. You could be looking to create an innovation ecosystem around your specific innovation project. Um, So Uber, for example, had to create uh, a range of different um, people, activities, approaches, tools uh, to build Uber, to to, to scale Uber. And, you know, obviously that includes a a whole team that look at legislation around ride-sharing in each country or that look at insurance, types of insurance for um, drivers and riders in country. Um, or you could be creating an ecosystem around an issue. Um, so I was speaking to someone from the Equality Fund yesterday who are looking at creating a global ecosystem around uh, around increasing feminism. So I think really understanding what kind of ecosystem you're looking at, what's the kind of purpose of that ecosystem is a really important place to start. Yeah, I agree with that because... Um, um I'm involved with a business that as well does uh, has invested in several universities in Poland and uh, they they bought several universities and then created clusters and now they've got four big good quality universities with several campuses which has as well a quite a benefit when you think that not everything that is made into a cluster has to be like a Uber a highly profit driven business but it can be something that contributes actually to society in a different way. Yeah, exactly. And I think some of I think one of the reasons you create an ecosystem is you know in, in many ways if you're just creating another app or if you're you know improving a dog collar if you're if you're looking at some of some methodologies around user centered design and lean startup you probably can focus in enough on your target market or you can test you know one a type of app enough times that you may get, um, hopefully you will get some kind of success. But what ecosystems are really good at doing is they're really good at creating very large-scale impact. They're good at moving past some of the barriers when you're looking at large-scale impact to say, well, you know, if we looked at a really complex challenge like climate change, um, mm. you know, not, a, not any individual is going to come up with a silver bullet there. Or, you know, even Uber, they need many different people and organisations and governments to um, do certain things so that they are successful and they can scale. You get a lot greater leverage, obviously, you know, um, uh, greater than the sum of your parts, um, and you can do things large scale. So, you know, the kind of... Um, ecosystems are well known or, or sometimes they're called movements are well known in the social sector um, 
But often companies like Google and Microsoft will actually build global ecosystems around innovation because they don't know what they don't know. So, you know, Microsoft has a set of innovation labs around the world. Um, one that I interacted with was in Nepal. And essentially it's set up like a almost like a library tech space. So people can come in, um, entrepreneurs uh, from Nepal, large or small, can, can go and work on projects there. Um, whereas, you know, Google, uh, one of Google's networks um, that I interacted with in Uganda, they have a lab there, but it's very much, you know, funding workspace. Um, how do we kind of bring people into the Google brand and find people and ideas that we, we might want to um, pull out and grow ourselves? And so a lot of these global companies are, um, are saying, you know, how do we find new ideas? How do we build kind of tech supporters? How do we grow some of our thinking through uh, through these innovation ecosystems um, that we, in that case, can own and control, which is not always the case? Um, so I think there's a, you certainly see it in, in social sectors, but you, you definitely see it um, in, in some of the bigger players. Um, we're working with a company right now um, in the US and they basically um, are looking at becoming an ecosystem player because they see the future of their industry as if we're going to do anything big in a market that's currently been, being disrupted, we have to start playing within the ecosystem of the market we're in. It's impossible for us to be a standalone uh, company anymore. So I think you see it in a, in a range of places. Yeah, and, and then you have, of course, a greater leverage not only things like procurement and so on um yeah you've got more people who you can draw in from different qualities and knowledge into building something really really new yeah. contrast so that's who are just interested just in uh, a quick win um quick entry and quick exit yeah absolutely and the, you know in the as we know the world today change is getting faster Markets are being disrupted, um, especially during COVID. You know, you're seeing significant change across many different um, markets and, and areas of social change. So so being able to survive is, I think, no longer about some of these incremental change and it's about looking at the bigger picture and saying, okay, how do I, how do we, how do we make, how do we disrupt a market rather than be, being disrupted or rather how do we make big change that is going to um, lead to our company organization social issue whatever that might be um, around for the next you know 10 plus years rather than looking at incremental changes for the next one or two years and when you're looking at some of these bigger changes you need to look at the system around you um, you need you know if you're working in education it's an obvious one but a piece of technology and education doesn't exist on its own It exists with a range of teachers, with um, government curriculum, with students, with community attitudes within uh, within places, and and so if you start to look at an ecosystem approach around education, you know you can map out um, what it what is that ecosystem that this. Uh, this innovation exists within and what parts of that ecosystem does the innovation or company need to connect with, change, leverage, 
uh, to make it successful, to make it scale, to make it grow uh, large and quickly rather than kind of very slow growth uh, strategies. And I think that's that's where it gets exciting. The fact that you can have innovation ecosystems around kind of individual uh, innovations, but you can also have, as, a, as we've been talking about, these incredibly large kind of global uh, clusters which are, uh, which are based around, you know, the productivity of a country or, or international productivity when you start to look at Google and Facebook. And in essence, you're looking at the same kind of things in, in building these clusters, whether it's within an organisation or within a country or, or within an innovation itself. Yeah, because when you, for instance, look at Google, they have like, uh, as you said, they've got uh, clusters and hubs and laboratories and so on all over the world, like in Canada, for instance, in Waterloo, then they have one here in Munich. And um, yeah, all around the world, different places, different cultures, different inputs, and then they get the ideas and uh, maybe they throw five different ideas from five different countries into one pot and eventually comes out a totally new problem uh, product then as well because they notice okay what's the common theme for all mm. and it's a, it's a, it's you make a great point that it's something um, incredibly powerful that when you start creating building looking at innovation ecosystems you start to see all of the different parts you can connect to build something bigger, to build something more valuable. And sometimes we talk about uh, the Lego blocks. So, you know, you could um, you could have a set of, you know, a set of blocks to build a Harry Potter castle, for example, <laughs> or you could have a, a red set of blocks that says, I'm going to work on, you know, this very specific um issue within my organization within the people I know and when you start to branch out and you start to say okay there's you know maybe there's multiple countries maybe there's multiple different kinds of people I can be connecting with different tools and approaches for attacking this problem then you start to have this really big lego set of different shapes and sizes and colors and all these kind of tools for being able to um, to really build something bigger and more impactful your, for your problem. And it's and I find it really interesting because sometimes because ecosystems are in essence big and they do have a lot of moving parts. Um, and I often I hear people say, you know, you've just got to simplify. We're going to do an 80-20. Um, we're going to, you know, dive into user-centered design for boys who are 15 to 16, which is also incredibly useful. Um, but when you're solving complex problems, when you're innovating around kind of bigger challenges or, or in, in industries that are changing rapidly, you need more tools. You need, um, you know, bigger approaches and, and, and to understand problems in different ways. And the kind of you know, the Elon Musks and Googles of our world are able to significantly shift multiple industries over and over again because they have these innovation ecosystems that they can see um, vast kind of actors and um, approaches and parts of the challenge um, across these innovation ecosystems. Um, and I think that's that's where it gets exciting, being able to have that big Lego set that you can say, well, I'm not stuck on this barrier or I'm not, you know, I can't find a funder for this particular issue, you can say 
actually, here's the ecosystem I can play with and here's what I can build out of that, which is what Google does really well. Yeah, and, and then you think of it, all these things that people can really uh, join together forces, solve problems and uh, as well increase what you can achieve. Because, for instance, when you look at... Um, as you mentioned, uh, Elon Musk, he, he goes, of course, uh, he has no idea about making cars. He, isn't, uh, he didn't study mechanics or automotive and so on. He studied physics. And so he goes to the ground level and rethinks everything and isn't stuck in old habits, old ideas. And I think that could be the same situation as well that Google, if they go and uh, go to Nepal or other places where... Uh, there isn't so much destruction, so much noise as we've got here. Um, they can maybe freely rethink the ideas and maybe the stuff that we always thought isn't possible actually is possible. It's just you have to step one step sideways and suddenly it works. Yeah, and it's and it's those kinds of different perspectives. So um, I was involved in building a uh, an innovation ecosystem in Nepal around humanitarian aid after um, the large earthquake that happened there. And it was interesting when you kind of pull together accelerators and entrepreneurs, when you pull in, you know, research partners providing evidence of new ideas and technology and education who kind of reinforce that entrepreneurial culture and foster creativity and experimentation. Mm. When you bring in governments that really help with resource provision, investments, commissioning, you know, maybe even just providing visas, um, some of the multinational companies um, who can provide really valuable contributions through R&D, training and development, um, funding, and then, of course, there's the investor capital, whether that's venture firms or governments or large companies. Um, but when you, when you start to bring these kind of different actors together and see very different perspectives and when there's that kind of openness to work together we had companies um, uh, from the US and the EU expressing interest to send their real uh, top kind of global innovators over just to see problems from a different perspective just to hear about you know what what are we doing and how are we doing it and and what does that look like inside of an emergency because it it does look different when you're um, when you're innovating, you know, after a large earthquake or otherwise. Um, and I think there is, there's really something about a range of actors from different perspectives being able to work together. But also um, if you can find those kind of different perspectives, if what you're working on um, is across countries or cultures or otherwise, um, I, I think certainly there's, you know, those pieces and perspectives are really important. What's difficult then is how you bring um, the many different people together within um, within an ecosystem. So, you know, if you're if you're looking to build an ecosystem around uh, around a certain issue, let's say you know feminism in Canada, um, and you might want kind of local feminist groups alongside kind of academics and large large companies, large multinational companies, and others. How do you provide a um, platform and how do you provide a ambition um, 
for people to get together and and be able to discuss and see some of these different perspectives and and there's a real art to that and that that can be quite difficult um in the real world you know when we talk about these kind of things people say oh great you know Maybe I'll bring a, a refugee from Sudan and, uh, um, you know, head of the United Nations X agency together. And you can say, yes, but, you know, how do you bring 20 of those different types of people together and have a conversation that is useful and valuable to all of them towards some kind of change? Yeah, and, and sometimes regions even themselves without uh, doing themselves something really important they're generating ecosystems for instance just look at texas and austin texas is now and and houston it's crazy where everybody is suddenly now moving uh, from all different directions um it's not just elon musk there are people like uh, hewlett packard some of the hewlett packard businesses are moving there um the joe rogan show has moved there and um as well different people from who were quite high level in some of the largest um US-based auditing companies and so on, they've moved into that direction. There's a lot of know-how moving towards there. And there's, of course, not only that, people are moving from all different places towards Florida at the same time. Others are going in Canada, for instance, towards Waterloo. There's a huge university with many great faculties there. Um, At the same time, when you look in Europe, there are plenty of people who are moving from Europe over to USA or South Africa and creating new stuff. Just look, for instance, Elon Musk came from South Africa via Canada to USA. Um, the Shopify founder had to move practically from Germany to Canada uh, in order to find his idea and create a multi-billion dollar company. At the same time, when you look at other areas, um, yeah, look, for instance, at um, Richard Branson, who is in many ways as well very much involved in NGOs, he's in music, he's in entertainment, aviation, transport, and so on. And he's doing his rocket stuff and flying all around the world, uh, doing all his stuff, testing the stuff in the US. So it doesn't ordinarily mean you have to do it at home or you have to do it in a certain place. Sometimes even this creates an ecosystem where eventually it's a small world at the moment. Hmm. Absolutely. And and you see how that can just foster this incredibly powerful creativity. Um, and for, you know, anyone who loves innovation, and I'm sure all your listeners do, you know, I think people who want to create big things may get tired of kind of hackathons and workshops and challenge grants and and these kind of individual one-offs and what you get in a in an ecosystem or what you can build if you're building one is the ability to foster that um quite powerful creativity together you know large number numbers of contributors working together being able to kind of imagine reshape ideas um, rather than you know work on one individual project at the moment but you know in the moment and and there's really something to um, being able to build these where you do need to really invest in building that ecosystem um, for people to, to want to flock to to where you are, I mean, whether it's kind of the city of Austin or a, or a Google or or what have you, um, 
there is a need to kind of think through the purpose and the aims of what you're developing. What are the kind of KPIs? What do you want for the future? Um, and then, you know, invest in sustaining that ecosystem. And, and it's not just about sustaining the culture, although the culture is incredibly important, but, um, you know, events and um, infrastructure and, you know, maybe it's visas or or what have you, depending on what kind of ecosystem you're building. And I think there's, you know, there's some core kind of elements around um what what that allows you to do so you know you need to be able to effectively invest you need those kind of um different investors you need to be able to um really enable high impact innovation so bring those diverse skills together to solve harder problems get people excited about greater value and a and a really kind of that wide variety of support that um that can be created rather than, you know, we're just running a hackathon and and who's going to support this idea long-term. The ability to build dynamic collaborations, to to really take kind of difficult real-world problems and say, okay, you know, there's multiple actors here. Um, how do we kind of get the leaders of these ecosystems to integrate that support, to find a range of different, you know, contributors and maybe you say, well, there's not enough investors here, so how do we bring more investors? Or actually, we need um, you know more kinds of accelerators and and innovation methodology people. So, so I think there's something around really thinking about those dynamic collaborations, um, and then just you know what what are you trying to solve for? What are you trying to build? Um, are you kind of are you looking at a high density of actors? Um, certainly you're looking at a kind of close proximity, you know, whether that's physical or online, um, you know, that kind of strong collaboration culture, a strong network, um, the high degree of knowledge transfer and skills transfer, openness, mutual learning, as you pointed out. Um, and you want to be able to, to, to really track that and see, you know, how am I looking at positive trends of building something that is, growing are people coming or are people leaving how can um the kind of value and wins um from the ecosystem and individuals in that ecosystem be bigger and faster and better over time so you're really kind of focusing um on that kind of higher value creation across the entire ecosystem and that's the stuff i love to do um whether it is you know, I've worked on ecosystems in countries. I've worked in on ecosystems within organisations. I've worked on um, global kind of productivity clusters. Uh, but it's really around, you know, how how are you focusing on um, value creation and, and and what does that mean? And I think that is either if you're building something or if you're an individual joining an ecosystem. How am I joining and 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 building this together? Yeah, it's been great having you here on the show, uh, Jennifer. Um, if, want to, if people want to find out more or connect with you, how can they uh, get in contact with you and find out? Great. They can go on innovationecosystem.com. They can find us on Twitter at inno underscore ecosystem. Um, and, yeah, I'd love to hear from anyone with ideas or challenges are my favorite. But, um, but great speaking to you. Yeah, it was great.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Growth Zone with Christian Barge. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website follow.prmediareach.com. I will be adding the link also to the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. For those of you who are listening and signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a free copy of the Ultimate Guide on Content Marketing. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years. It also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized entrepreneurs and enterprises as clients. And that even included international clients from all around the world. The link to sign up for our free broadcasting service and the guide is follow.prmediareach.com. That will give you access to the most recent version of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me as well on Twitter by using the Twitter handle CAPBarge. That's spelled Charlie Alpha Papa Bravo Alpha Romeo Tango Sierra Charlie Hotel. Yes, that is CAPBarge. Charlie, Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel.